You are listening to Rumination Tuesday, May the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. It looks like we're going to be taking a look at the hymn entitled, Christ is the World's Redeemer. Well, that's one of two that I was preparing for, so that's fine. <laughs> what was the other one? The ascension? Well, the other one was an ascension hymn. It was. Yes. Uh, I didn't know which way you wanted to go this morning, so uh, the other one I was looking at was uh, up through endless ranks of angels. But they're both they're both good. They're both very yes. good. Um, doesn't matter which one we can do. There will hardly be many ascension services yet. Do you know of any congregations? Are, is yours going back to uh, a full service? Uh, not, not, a, not for the Ascension, not for uh, Thursday, but uh, uh, the, I believe this coming Sunday they're planning on getting back. Although it will be uh, somewhat subdued, sadly. You know, they're gonna with uh, social distancing and that sort of thing. I, I was in the church yesterday, and they had chairs set up even out, even out in the narthex to allow yes. for, you know, as much distance between people as possible. But It'll be strange. Att- It'll be strange. Uh, you, you know, it just won't be quite the same, but thankfully you'll have the you'll have the Word, and, and in some churches you'll also have the sacrament too, so. Right, right. Yeah, the Roman Catholic Mass began. Uh, the churches in Illinois haven't got back to me yet. They're not yet ready to go, so that may be a few weeks, hopefully. We'll see. All right, Christ is the world's redeemer. Did you see who the author was? Uh, let me think. Yeah, um, Duncan McGregor. Nope. Is he the translator? Oh yep. yeah, attributed to Columba. Columba. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what of, Columba is. But he lived in the sixth century, five twenty-one through uh, 597. So it's an yeah. old hymn. Obviously an old, an old hymn. It's a neat hymn. It's got a, it's got a, a neat uh, a neat sound to it. It's just uh, it's ominous and uh, and powerful. It's not yes. um, you know, it's not sing-songy or anything like that, but it's just it's an ominous uh, tune. Uh, did you notice the nationality? Irish Yes. How about that? Wow. Yes. He must so, have been. Uh, he must have been one of the first with uh, Saint Patrick. You know, <laughs> that's could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, sometimes doesn't, doesn't sound like an Irish. Doesn't sound like an Irish uh, melody. Well, you said it sounded strange or different. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. So first stanza, please. Okay. Christ is the world's redeemer, the lover of the pure, the font of heavenly wisdom, our trust and hope secure, the armor of his soldiers, the Lord of earth and sky, our health while we are living, our life when we shall die. So the first question I would have is, he's only the lover of the pure? Uh-huh. I thought you'd ask that question. <laughs> well, of course, in Christ, we're all pure. 
in Christ, but only in Christ. See, but so, therefore he's only the lover of those who are in Christ. Uh, no, that you you got a point there. He did, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So I that's know. true. He, he loves the whole world. So so yeah. What do we say about that? That is an interesting point. But but he but he loves. You know, he he loves his own. I mean, it it, it, just, it doesn't say that he doesn't. It doesn't say that he uh, excludes the world by any means. But what the world isn't pure, right? So I don't think the word "pure" is referring to people at all. Oh, you he's don't? a okay. lover of pure. For example. At the end of creation, what did he said? He looked at all things and all things were good. Yeah, they were good. perfect. They were pure. Right. He's a lover of that purity. And therefore, that's why he came to die on the cross in order to make us pure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the word pure there is, in my opinion, the object of what he loves. He loves purity. He loves good I, things. I see. I see. Yeah, that's a different. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's a little bit different take than I had on it. Well, the first part says Christ is the world's redeemer. Why would he be the redeemer? Because he loves the pure things. Uh -huh. And the only way that that purity could return to us is through a redeemer. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a conversation with one of our listeners over the phone recently about um, when Jesus Christ was crucified, who was God loving? When Jesus Christ was crucified, who was God loving? Well, he, he loved the world. Uh, he loved his own son, even though he had to, had to turn his back on his son because his son was carrying the sins of the world upon him. Um, well, that's correct, what you just said. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think that, that the love that God the Father had for the crucifixion was his own son. Oh, absolutely. Imagine how it, you know, imagine with his father heart, how, how it must have torn him up to have to, to have to really just turn his back on his son and, 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 um, forsake, as Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me to forsake his own son at that time? Uh, must've just, you know, you could just imagine. Well, how, you could how, see that that was horrible, even for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh yes, that's what he was. That it was, that's why he was so sorrowful, even to the point of death. He knew what his father would uh, would do to him on the morrow. You know, he knew that. Yes. It, it, not only would he have him nailed to the cross, but he would turn his turn his back on him while he suffered the pangs of hell on that cross. We're not even out of the first stanza, and we already have got Christ as the world's redeemer. Uh, and the reason he's doing that, because God loves purity, and he's also got the Reformation theme of salvation by grace through faith. 
because the next line is the font of heavenly wisdom, our trust and hope secure. Right. So why is our trust secure? Well, maybe first, what is our trust? Our trust is in it. It's, it's all in Christ. It's all in Christ. It, it, our trust is in him. But that what he does that has, mean? That he has, well, when he cried out on that cross, it is finished. Our salvation is accomplished. So our trust is, when we say it's in Christ, it's like if I say, do you trust someone? It's in his promises, of course. In his promises. His promises, right. Yeah, the object of all faith are the promises, and our hope, therefore, is secure because God has made promises. And so that is our armor. Now, why is armor used? Why do we need armor? Well, of course, I think right away of uh, uh, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength. That's where, you know, that's where Luther got his hymn. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. And uh, why do we need a shield? Well, because uh, it's like the whole armor of God, put on the whole armor of God, uh, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the of the evil one. We need a shield. We need, because we're up against we're up against the weapons of, of the devil, excellent, uh, and yep. uh, and the world. And our own sinful flesh. Yes. And so that's what this text is really talking about, that he's the world's redeemer, not only because by dying on the cross, he forgave our sins, but he also armors us now. That's right. And that armor is against Satan. That's right. I'll read stanza two. Christ has our hosts surrounded with clouds of martyrs bright, who wave their palms in triumph and fire us for the fight. Then Christ the cross ascended to save a world undone and suffering for the sinful, our full redemption run. One. Now, the one phrase that I don't know the children would understand if you're talking to your children If somebody gets fired, that means they lose their job. So what does it mean? And fire us for the fight. No, it's it's uh, uh, it's cheering us. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, urging us onward. It's uh, like we get fired up like a football team gets fired up before the game by his coach and by their fans. Uh, We're we're surrounded. You know, it talks about in uh, Hebrews 12 that we're, we're surrounded by such a cloud. It actually uses that word cloud of witnesses, and, uh, they, and then, and then it, it draws from uh, Revelation 7, who wave their palms in triumph and fire us for the fight. Uh, all the witnesses of Christ, as we, as we look back on the, on the, the prophets and the apostles uh, and all, our, all the Christians that have gone before us, we... we reflect on their life <clears throat> excuse me and uh, and they fire us for the fight they they uh they lift our spirits and they urge us onward that's really good mark that's a good way of looking at it in fact i would say that most funeral services are firing people up for the fight 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think of it as more, well, you're right. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. A lot of us think of funeral services as more, as more consolation, more comfort and that too. But you're right. Uh, there is, there is some of that in a, in a, in a funeral. It should be that, you know, this death is not the end. It's, it's for us. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us, namely Jesus Christ. So we, we certainly do get fired for the fight. It was kind of like if you had to go in for surgery and the doctor is talking about, well, here are the good results of that surgery. He's giving you comfort, but he's also firing you up for the fight. Right. In regard to the surgery. That's right. And that's what we're undergoing with uh, surgery. In fact, this isn't uh, a bad hymn for the text from First Peter that starts off, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Yeah, don't don't be surprised when these things come up. Don't be surprised when the world uh, the world hates you and and uh, and even persecutes you. Yes, that don't let that unsettle you. No, because that is what you should be expecting, since the world is against Christ. Right. Then once more, here comes Jesus and the cross. Then Christ the cross ascended to save a world undone. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought Christ, the cross descended. No, no. Didn't Christ he ascended, descend to the... He, 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 he's lifted up to the cross. That, I think that's talking about when they placed him on the cross. You know, the cross was... Uh, well said was yep. uh, raised up before all those people, and he ascended the he. It's like, you know, he he stepped up to the scaffold, to the, uh, to the execution. Which notes that that isn't a passive, it's an active. Christ willingly ascended right. up on the cross. That's right. That's really good. And suffering for the sinful, our full redemption won. Now, how do some people consider a partial redemption? Have you ever thought about that in contrast yeah. to a full redemption? No, I, no, a partial redemption. Uh, no, uh, some the world. I think a lot of people think you meet me halfway, God, and I'll meet you. I'll meet you the yes. rest of the way. That's not it at all. He's done it all. We call That's it divine right. monergism. That he, he he's accomplished it all. For Excellent. Us. We've, we so that we haven't contributed one thing to it. No, a lot of people misread John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Okay, that's the part God does. Right. That whoever believes in Him will be saved. That's the part I have to do. No, He even gives us the faith with which to believe. Exactly. By His Holy Spirit. That's how I distinguish between a full redemption and a partial redemption. There's no other religion in the entire world that speaks of the full redemption. That's right. Only it's Christianity. All, yeah, all these other religions, it's what do you have to do to appease God? What do you have to do to win him over? Yes, well said. All right, stanza three, please. 
Uh, before we go to stanza three, do you think we need to explain, like to a small child, a world undone? What's a world undone? Yes. Kids know what, what is when it's done, but what about undone? Well, I would say that if we were still in the Garden of Eden, we would be in a world that is done. But once we fell into sin, then all kinds of things happened in the world to undo the perfect creation. Remember, women now have babies with pain. You have farmers who have to fight against weeds and Thorn. various pests, etc. Right. That's what's meant by a world undone, that it had been done, but then because of our sin, it is now undone. And what Christ is doing is bringing it back to being done. Well, that's that's very good. That's even better than what I came up I actually looked up at undone in the dictionary, and it talked about uh, somebody who was just emotionally distressed and completely devastated. Uh, well, that's, that's what the world is. true, too, yes. Yeah, it's in distress. I mean, look at this uh, Chinese virus that we're combating yeah. now, and how many people are in distress. That will never happen in a world that is done. Never would have happened in the Garden of Eden. Never will happen in Heavenly Home. Right. Stanza three. Okay. Down through the realm of darkness, he strode in victory. And at the hour appointed, he rose triumphantly. And now to heaven ascended, he sits upon the throne, whence he had ne'er ne departed, his father and his own. Boy, there's some good theology in there. Yes. Talk about the descent into hell. Yeah, in fact, we're looking at the Apostles' Creed here, and it's talking about the resurrection. It's talking about the ascension. But that last line is really complicated for a lot of people. Yeah, that yeah. He never did depart from the throne. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that an interesting line? Because, of course, uh, you know, uh, he did. He, he, he's entered his state of humiliation. Yes. Where, you know, but but the point, I think the point of that last line is uh, he never ceased to be God. Even when he when he came to right. this earth and became conceived in the virgin's womb, became yep. Yep. A, a complete a, a man. But he never, never ceased to be God. In In that sense, he was always on the throne, along with his heavenly father and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we know that because of the. Many times in the scriptures where Jesus speaks to his father. Right. Yeah. And he's speaking to him because they're together at the throne. That's right. Yeah. So that's it really is. some good theology. Yeah. So a subtle distinction that needs to be made, you know, that. You know that he never, never ceased to be God. He always, yes. he always had, even his almighty power was always there with him. He, he always had access to it. He just did not use it. And we find that heresy taught by, of course, Arian, who was a fellow way back years, centuries ago, who didn't believe Jesus was divine. 
And we also find it in certain faiths like Jehovah Witnesses who consider that Jesus is not the God or anything near the God of the Old Testament. Yeah, they they claim he is the son of God, but they will never say, they'll never consider him equal to God. Yeah. No. And that's why Columba doesn't fool around in talking about who God is in the final uh, stanza. If you would read that, please. Stanza four. Yeah, it's a doxological stanza. Glory to God the Father, the unbegotten one. All glory be to Jesus, his sole begotten Son, and to the Holy Spirit, the perfect Trinity, let all the worlds give answer. Amen. So let it be. Right. He now defines what Amen means. I, I kind of like singing Amens at the end of the hymn. I do too, and I think most people do. Because but you know, it, I've been told by I've been told by organists that they're for some reason they don't always fit. I'd, I'd have to have an organist or musician explain that to me. But you know, a lot of people say, "Why don't we sing the Amen like we used to always?" But uh, uh, organists and, and musicians will tell me that they don't. They for some reason musically they don't always fit. I don't understand that. Maybe musically they don't fit. Yeah. Yeah, but thematically, they always would fit. Absolutely, I, I can't remember any ending of a hymn where you wouldn't want to say "Amen" to it. Absolutely. Although I would not want an "Amen" after the first verse of "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God." <laughs> Why is that? Well, let's see. This how it goes: A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shielded weapon. He helps us free. Let's see. Oh, uh, it talks about on Earth is, is not, not his, his equal. E- <laughs> yeah, that's talking about Satan. Yes, it's not talking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You don't and want to say, say Amen to Satan. Amen. In fact, I was at a circuit meeting where we had an opening devotion, and uh, the you know they always keep them short. They said we'll only sing the first verse of a mighty fortress. And two or three of us said, no, we won't. We've got to go at least one more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't want to end with a... On earth, earth is not the equal ego. against Satan. Yes, right. So, yeah, it's the first time I've heard that the amens aren't appropriate sometimes because of the, the music. But well, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Gerke, I can't think of his first name. Henry, he Henry Gerke. That to us. Henry Gerke, you got to explain that to us. Yes, he would be very good. Yeah. In fact, there's a few hymns in here that he helped to put together. Oh, yes. In this uh, good friend of mine. And um, yeah, when he first came to St. Louis, I rented to him one of my mobile homes. Oh, did you really? Yeah, he lived in it. He went, became a pastor. He was originally a teacher, and then he became a pastor. And didn't and you, didn't you also, didn't you also serve under his father, who was a pastor? Yes, yes, right. and his uncle, and now he serves with Dave Pelsu. I know he's the organist over there. Yes, yes exactly. And David Pelsu was one of my field workers. That's right. Good man. Longtime oh, friend of mine. Yeah. Really good. 
So, um, you're going to be returning to your church this Sunday, you think? That's the plan. Yeah. You know, we're uh, we're going to be installing a new pastor uh, shortly in, in June. Oh, really? That's yes, great. right. And that's, you know, it, it's not going to be, uh, you know, regretfully, it's not going to be a, a real large uh, service either. You know, it's going to be a little restrained, sad to say, but, uh, but it's not because we don't welcome him. We welcome him with uh, open hearts and we're, we're really excited about his arrival. And, and, uh, so uh, keep us in your prayers and in your thoughts as we install our new pastor in June. Yeah. A lot of times uh, you have a big meal. You probably won't have that either. I, I think that's yeah, that's part of it. It's too bad. It's too bad about this, you know, this uh, virus. It just puts a damper on so many things, you know, and, and even well, of all. You know where my favorite restaurants are? <laughs> no? What's your favorite? Buffets. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. How are they going to do buffets anymore? I don't know. Those days may be over for a while, huh? All right. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith. Tomorrow, we're going to be continuing with a CFW Walther Law and Gospel. And we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker. P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.